Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 165. This week on the show, I have an incredible conversation with Reese of the band Soso. If you've not heard of them yet, they're gonna need to be on your fucking radar. Um, they're an Australian pop punk band. They fit in a lot of different boxes, so don't just take it and assume that that's all that they are, uh, because it's not. And um, I'm just using that as kind of the broad stroke introduction for them. Um, but no, had a great time talking with Reese. We talked about all kinds of stuff, including, um, you know, where the band name came from, how they got to start working with Stevie Knight, um, designing their sound and developing this very unique blend of a kind of nostalgic feel, but a very unique and clear cut new age uh, styling and just so much more. I mean, this is really a info packed um, episode for you guys. We talk about them being a DIY band and the whole nine yards. And it's just a really, really cool insight uh, into this band and hopefully something that you guys will listen to and, you know, kind of uh, keep in mind as you start checking them out because, uh, I think it's going to help you understand the level of passion that these guys have and the level of effort and work that's going into this project. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, I had a great time talking with, with Reese and huge shout out to him. You guys know, uh, the scheduling sometimes can be a little bit of a bear, but, um, he made it work. He was a champ. And yeah, so let's dive into this. This is my conversation with Reese of the band So So. No worries. Um, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. Simple introduction, man. Who are you? Little background on yourself. And we won't tell them how we're having this conversation, but what made you want to uh, have this conversation today? Yeah, so um, my name is Reese. I'm the singer from Aussie pop punk band So So. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, what was the other thing you asked me? Just quickly, uh, <laughs> the, just a, a little like a quick background. Yeah, yeah, little background. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we kicked off a band probably about three years ago. Um, so we kicked it off literally straight into the pandemic. So we have like a bit of a running joke that every time we try to do something big the whole world just like stops not not in a good way though not in a good way obviously yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we, essentially we ruin everything so um we're, we're pop punk right that's that's exactly it. <laughs> exactly i won't make any um any other jokes there with that one um but um yeah we're, we've been in a band a couple of the guys that we're with we've been in previous bands and everything and um man we just started writing pop punk and it was like I think we need to do this. So um whole new whole new band, whole new thing and um and kicked it off and it's been going yeah for the last three years and I guess finally starting to get some some steam behind it, which is good to see. So yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit, basically you and I've connected on Instagram um a few times around a couple different things, uh interacting on each other's posts, things like that. Um and I think the cool thing is, you know, I've got a couple of buddies that would absolutely say this characterizes me to a T. The Australian 
music scene is so much better and so fucking underrated. Like the world does not understand the, the amount of talent that's down there. Um, and so like for me, you know, looking through when I talk to you about doing this interview, I start looking through your Spotify and, you know, the band bio and all that. And, you know, like you've worked with or shared stages with, I should say, bands like yours truly, Red Hook, Banks Arcade, like all these artists that I've talked to as well. And I'm like, you know, it it's insane because I think you all have very similar stories that in Australia, the music scene is a little bit hard of an egg to, to crack, right? Initially. Yeah. But then it seems like once you break through a little bit, the floodgates open and it's like, oh shit, like we're ready to go. Yeah, I, I think so. And, um, you know, like all those bands that we've played with as well, like Red Hook is sick. They've thrown us, like they've helped us out heaps in the past. Um, you know, yours truly chucked us on a show as well. Um, and that's how we played alongside Banks Arcade. And they were all really nice guys as well. So, yeah. um, like everyone is trying to help each other out. And I think like I've had a couple of other interviews. There are less opportunities here. So we're like mates with a couple of US bands. And it's like, every five seconds they're touring and I'm like, we're lucky if we get like as a smaller band, a good run of shows lined up for, you know, maybe twice a year, you might get like, you know, two or twice and it's right. the East coast cities, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think once you kind of, yeah, once you kind of win over enough people here, you, you do start to get more of those opportunities, but it's just, it's just tough. Maybe, maybe that's what makes us have to work so hard to make the music good because otherwise we just don't get eyeballs on us. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, I, I think you're right though. And on the U S side, not to cut you off there, but on the U S side, I think it's because obviously we're bigger, you know, country wise and whatever, bit, uh, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, it, there's just so much, saturation over here as well and i know you guys are drowning in saturation as well but like the way that in the u.s that you break out of that saturation is you start doing those small regional runs and that's not as much of an option in the australian market yeah look a lot of bands are getting out there now and doing a little bit more of the regional stuff but um but you're right look if you if you look at bands like parkway drive who you know obviously not in our genre but a band that was like known for just like touring their heads off to get where they are even north lane like yeah. i don't know if they, yeah so back in the day man they were going out and playing to like the most obscure you know regional pubs to 15 kids which is awesome like if you can do that and pull that off um but yeah it's just part and parcel of i guess what you've got to do here and um like to your point as well I think I'd be wrong not to mention Stevie Knight, who we work with as a producer. And um, like we've been really fortunate to work with Stevie way back when, you know, when we first started our old bands. And um, funnily enough, to to get into the studio with Stevie, we um, we actually beat a bunch of kids to win studio time. at. So there was like <laughs> competition and you entered as bands and we must have made just the top of the age limit and we got there and it's like 15 year olds and 14 year olds in bands and I'm just like if we don't win this it's kind of going to be embarrassing <laughs> so but that's how we ended up like um getting in with Stevie and learning from him and like dude's a mastermind he's always pushing the the envelope as far as he can like with with music and 
um, I think it shows. Like he works with a lot of the bands here and he just knows how to get the best out of us all. Yeah, and I, I think that is a, a key point is that he, for people that aren't familiar with him, I mean, he's worked on virtually anything that's come out of Australia and like blown up. He's had some sort of finger in that area. You know, uh, he's worked with Between You and Me, Stand Atlantic, you know, just for some bands that have been recent. Um, I just recently had Red Hook. I had Emmy on our mental health podcast, you know, and Stevie is one of those guys that it's, it's so fucking weird to me because I feel like he flies under the radar. Like a lot of people don't realize who he is, but if, if we were to actually read off his discography, which we won't because it's massive, people are going to be like, Oh shit. Yeah. I've heard 60, 70, 80% of those songs. Exactly. Um, and that's just him as well. Like, um, he's probably one of the nicest guys. Like, you know, he just wants everyone to succeed, which is like, there's not many people that you come, like, you know, that you come across in the music industry that are very just like kind-hearted like that. And he just loves it. Like, he loves it. He loves trying new stuff. And we've got this thing going where we try to like preempt what we think Stevie might be looking to do with songs this time around. So we're just like pushing it. So, we took in we took him for one of the songs we just recorded. We took in a guitar solo. And we're like, no way, he's not going to do this. He's not going to do a guitar solo. Like, and um, he was like, no, you should actually. This is sick. He's like, you should just play the tapping part at like double the pace. We're just like, as if you're going to let us do this. But it was like, you know, um, so it's cool. And having someone that you can kind of trust as well to go, this is the best we could do with the song. Here's the demo like what are we missing and he's able to push it in the right direction and you can just trust it he's like yeah. trust me this is going to work all right sweet so um yeah we're very we're very fortunate to work with him and i think it just makes us push to write better music and come in with better demos so yeah and i think you know the nice thing with stevie as well we won't make the whole podcast about him but <laughs> with him and and the strength of his discography though like he's he's had his finger in so many different genres as well. So he can take what you guys are doing and go, Hey, it'd be really cool if you just, you know, slightly twist this thing or do this inflection on the vocals instead, like your delivery or your timings off the dude has such an ear for everything and Crazy. can just like on a dying change your sound, but yeah. you're, you're in a whole new direction. So Shout out Stevie if you if you hear this somehow. So uh, I'm I'm always singing his praises because I still don't think he de- gets enough um gets enough praise. But yeah, anyway, we should probably not make it the Stevie Knight yeah. podcast. So. No, it, it's totally <laughs> fine. Um, so let's talk about some of your discography. Obviously, you guys just dropped a, a new single, but before we get into that, let's let's kind of walk through some of the old stuff. I say old stuff, three year old band, you know, ish. So old is a relative term. Uh, but the part that I definitely wanted to touch on was the EP that you dropped in 2021. I wouldn't call this success, but it's close. Um, first off, love the name for it because it's such a like pop punk thing, right? Like yeah. we're going to make this song title a story. Um, yeah. But I, I think it, it also, correct me if I'm wrong, my perception of it was it's kind of a validation point for you. Like, okay, we finally have this EP that we've put together and are getting to put out. Like, it's not what 
people would consider success necessarily, but it's close. It's a step in that direction. Yeah, I think you've like captured it pretty well. Um, it's just tongue in cheek as well for us. Like, I mean, when we started the band, you know, it's so so. Like, so it's kind of like that. You know, hey, we're so so. Like, it's like we're we're average. You know, it's, it's why we've got like the the tagline being offensively average. So, um, yeah, with the name of it, like I wouldn't call this I wouldn't call this success, but it's close enough. So you missed the enough at the end. But, oh yeah, sorry. Um, but um, yeah. Um, it, it's a bit of a validation point, but I guess it's just like we we obviously want to write the best songs that we can but we're we're also like we're just we're idiots like i don't know if you've seen you know we we're literally trying to make more time to make dumb tiktoks not because it's like oh we need to go viral it's like we actually enjoy it it's it's fun you know um so it's a bit of that a bit of slapstick on it to say like hey like we're kind of proud of these songs and and um yeah but don't take us too too seriously because we don't take ourselves too seriously, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the best way. And if you've seen the artwork, my mate passed out like when we're at a party and he's just like sitting there with a beer and it's just like, we took this Polaroid of him and I said to him like, are you cool if we use that as like the front cover? And he's like, yeah, whatever. So if you just look at his face and he's like, and just think to yourself, I wouldn't call this success, but it's close enough. Like him just passed out with a beer. I think that encapsulates it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, you know, listening through again the discography uh, as I was studying up for you and and this podcast, there's a, a thing that I think you do that's really kind of a maybe it's intentional. So we'll we'll find out, I guess. There's a nostalgic factor to this sound that you've got especially on this ep but not so much in a vein where it's like oh they're just copying somebody like it's a little bit of a nod to traditional and classic pop punk but it's also got this new age spin on it i'm sure stevie's help on that to some extent as well but um what was it like you know formulating that and then deciding that okay you know we've developed this sound like you mentioned earlier kind of realizing that pop punk's the direction that that we're going to go in. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was the nostalgia vibe wasn't really, um, it's not on purpose. I'll tell you that much, but um, I think that when we were talking about this the other day with, um, with the drummer and I was saying that a really good song, you listen to it and you kind of swear you've heard it before. Like there's yeah. just some element that grabs you. And it's like, I was explaining to him, it's like, Technically, that shouldn't happen, right? Because like you're starting to associate life memories with it on first listen that you haven't experienced with it. And I've had that with songs before. Like, um, and I remember hearing a song, and and that's what captured me. And I thought, man, that's one way to have know a song's good is if you're straight away just going, wow, I feel like I've kind of heard this. I feel like it's putting me like in like some sort of life memory from like when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, I think that um. Yeah, with the nostalgia vibe to it, <clears throat> it just kind of came out naturally, I guess. Um, some some of the the songs on there um, are demos that our drummer has written. Like the guy's got like um, you know a hundred or so songs demoed out, you know that he's written over time, and he just the Henry Lawson Jive is a good example. Is we weren't even going to take that one into the studio, but 
he sent it across. He goes, oh, what do you reckon of this? And um, I remember listening to it the first time. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Like, because we kind of do a, a bit of a, we get an idea together. And then we're actually strange in that we all sit in the room and we actually work through it, have the, have the you know, computer up and start like putting it into the Reaper or whatever. And adding to it part by part, section by section, well, what's it got to do now kind of thing. Um, and when we like got that sorted, when we when we worked through that song, it's like, it's actually a really good song, man. Like we've actually done something cool here. And you know what it reminds me of? Um, uh, Boys of Summer by the Ataris. Yeah. Yeah. Something about just that lead line. Um, real simple. And um, and I like it as well. It's one of the, the few times that we've done the vocally kind of chill out chorus. It's mm-hmm. like mostly you, you usually jump up, you get a bit like, you know, that's where the whole song lifts. But that was one of the, yeah, the one time, I think it might be the only time that we've done something that's like a pegged back chorus. Um, yeah. yeah, look, um, we, we did write one song that's not on the EP that was just the three of us. So myself, um, H and Christian, um, when we were living together and we wrote just like this, it, it was like, we thought it was cool, but it was the one song that Stevie listened to when we took it in. He's like, nah, that sucks. We need to write another song. Um, and it was just massive Aussie accent, had like a, a day to remember breakdown. And we're just like, this is just fun. Like we, we want to do something that we enjoy. We've all been into pop punk growing up. So, and that's probably where we get the nostalgia from. We're probably just, subconsciously channeling like our teenage selves yeah Yeah, yeah. for sure um and you know something i've literally just put together as we're talking here because i'm scrolling through the spotify as well um the thing that's interesting you know we talk about um how small the the australian scene is or the you know the limited um kind of listenership that's down there and it's interesting because your current numbers are 39,000, almost 30 or almost 40,000 monthly listeners, which some people would be like, Oh, that, you know, that's not much. But then when you actually look at like how many streams songs have had, like people are obviously streaming the hell out of you. It's just not a, it's not a huge reach of unique people necessarily like across all these different areas, but they're playing the hell out of your songs. Like the festival song um is at 576,000 streams that's crazy to us like that yeah. one like there was a period where it was getting 3,000 streams a day because like we obviously we've just come off releasing a song so that those monthly listeners are dropped as they do you know like you release yeah. a song and they go up but um yeah there's something about the festival song that just seems to have grabbed a lot of people which is just wild to us yeah but, and, and I think, you know, looking again, looking through the discography, it's kind of a, a trending thing though. Like that EP, if you add up all the streams um, together, you're right at about a million streams off that EP as well. And it's again, just to, I guess I say all that to say like when a listener is, you know, looking for new bands or, you know, trying to tell if a band's popular, like you can't strictly go off these numbers because, you know, oh, they've only got 40,000 monthly listeners. They must not be very good. Well, let's dive into the fucking songs because they're getting the shit played out of them by those 40,000 people. Yeah. And look, I mean, I think that 
I think that again, um, I don't know how different it is, but you know, in Australia with the kind of, I don't know, I feel like the streaming isn't as massive. Like obviously you've got massive bands in Australia that are just like absolutely unleashing now. But again, back to what we said at the start of the podcast, it's like um, once it starts to crack on for you, it seems right. like everyone jumps on board. So, I mean, we're just, we're just growing. Like, so we're, we're probably up, I think at the end of last year, we're probably sitting around the 15,000 mark. So now we sit around, as you said, the 40,000 monthly listener mark. Um, yeah. And yeah, at, at the end of the day, we just want to get like, we just want the songs out there. So it's good when you're seeing the algorithm, pick it up, not because it's like, Oh, Hey, streams. Like we all know we get paid like, nothing for them right but the yeah. fact that more and more people come across the songs that's that's the key thing that's all we're about so yeah and and that's we've talked about it a lot on this podcast before uh the whole streaming payouts and and whatnot and it's like don't get me wrong it can be decent money right like obviously every little bit helps it goes back into the band bank things like that but the most important thing you can do to show your support to a band nowadays is buying the merch and going to a show, hands down. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is getting a bit harder over here. Um, I think, I think you know, the whole the pandemic kind of threw everyone and people are starting to get back into it. So um, it's good. We're starting to see like sales for tickets and stuff pick back up. But yeah, merch is, is pretty much it. And I guess doesn't matter like i know back in the 80s and 90s you could sell cds and make all your money off cds but and people like to think of it as like oh the glory days and stuff like you know where you can make so much money off it it's just a different you know for one of a better term like you know business structure now you've got to push merch you've got to push your live shows yeah. which is um which is kind of good in itself as well i guess i guess you're going to get better <laughs> better merch designs and stuff right. a bit more attention paid so um yeah look we're just trying to we're trying to build all that as well so it's just an ongoing process for us like you know up and coming band i guess you'd call us um yeah just trying to hustle our asses off yeah and i i think you know the the big thing is like you guys obviously if a, a label came by and was like hey we're gonna give you millions of dollars sure we'll fucking talk because we all need money but <laughs> at the same time like you're not necessarily driving just to get signed to a label or anything. This is still very much a passion project. And, you know, the amount of success that has come down, especially from Australia, but kind of since the pandemic and maybe a little bit before that anyway, like the amount of indie bands and DIY bands that are absolutely killing versus the people that are on a, a label and, um, between you and me is a great example of that. You know, they were with Hopeless and they did pretty well, you know, for themselves, but they've been independent and their last couple songs have been massively better than what they've previously done. Yeah. And honestly, massive shout out to them for doing that because, you know, we're, we obviously don't have a label, so we do everything in-house, right? Right. And the, the fact that they had to, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I think, um, you know, and let's not, if you talk about it too much, it makes the band seem more lame because it's nice to think of it as like a, this really cool, interesting thing on from the outside, but there's a lot of day-to-day -day mundane, boring stuff that those guys had to just pick up bang on the fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything from 
you know, like just sorting out their mailing list, you know, and, and mailing out to say, hey, buy our merch and stuff like that, yeah. right? The fact that they were able to pick it up and and run with it and successfully release, you know, the last song to such a massive, you know, response, man, kudos to them. And the fact they're still out there touring, it's like they haven't missed a beat. They've just gone, yeah. you know, um, that's hard to do. I think that could be harder than doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? Because that's like such a the whole ground kind of shifts and now it's like can we do this you know um yeah so good on them that's just that's just rough so and and they're killing it yeah they're absolutely killing it yeah and you know again another australian band obviously so um it, it would be funny if if i went back through and and looked at because i've had again like wind waker and the gloom in the corner like the amount of Australian artists I've had on for being an American uh, podcast is insane, yeah. uh, <laughs> but American based, I should say. But um, no, I think I think it is a big testament to you guys as well, because there is, again, like you said, it, it makes it sound lame because people start thinking about it like a business, but there is so much stuff that goes on day to day. And as a DIY band, you know, whether that's sending out press feelers it's booking shows it's you know all of this stuff that a label typically will assign a team member to you and say hey this is your contact for x y and z um but to to be able to kind of juggle that on your own and like especially you and i connecting and you acting kind of as your own pr person to to interact with me to figure out this like that says a lot about, again, the, the passion for the project and the desire to make it work rather than, oh, we're, we're just cool getting by if that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we had a conversation when we kicked off. Um, so, so it was like, well, what do we want to do with this? You know, because obviously we've all got, we've all got day jobs and, um, you know, we don't, we all need to be on board with what we want to do with it because you don't want to get to a point and go, oh, I didn't sign up to, you know, right. be a full-time band, let's say, right? Um, but we all want to do this full-time. Like, I think I think what hurts us the most, uh, you know, is that we feel like if we had more time to do it, we could pump out these songs more consistently. Like, it, it sucks for us to be sitting on, you know, we just released Pushing Up Daisies. We had that song like recorded mixed and mastered by the end of 2020 so we we're sitting on that for like ages yeah. i'm sure it's 2020 it might have been 2021 i, I like might have been 2021 but um either way it's like if we if we had more time we just pump stuff out so that's why i don't know if you've seen we've started doing the pop pump covers and we're doing like the mm -hmm. full versions right so and it's just because we can do those in-house and it's like the production levels, obviously not as high as going in with Stevie, but it's just something to feed the fans with and go, Hey, we're still working on stuff. And it's like, man, all I want to do is sing. All I want to do is write music. So uh, we need an outlet, you know? Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, the goal for us is definitely to, to do this as a, as a full-time gig, but um, obviously it just takes time and it takes, it's a big learning curve as well. Um as you said, there's a lot of moving parts that go on. Um, I also, I don't know, man. I'm sure labels are great and there's there's obviously great experiences, but um, you'd want, and I think this 
I, I don't know too much about it, so I can't talk to it, you know, too much. But um, like with between you and me, I I feel like they weren't getting the um the push from the label that they thought that they deserved and that they did deserve not even that they thought they deserved yeah Those boys were getting criminally robbed by the the spotlight yeah so and to me that makes no sense like why would the label do that and and that's again the thing it's like man if you get stuck with a label that doesn't you know uh share like your dream or your projection for the band um it's painful you know so um yeah i guess there's uh pros and cons to everything right someone comes with a million couple million bucks they uh <laughs> they've got a bit more control over what happens right and you know i i talk to all kinds of artists and you know it, it does seem like the what we would have considered indie labels back in the day um that have definitely bumped up to like second tier or whatever they're not sony but they're tied to sony or atlantic or whoever so like your rude record sharp tones um yep. fearless you know there a lot of people say you know they preface it with we got lucky right like we got lucky that this team sees the vision in us because there are all the old horror stories of bands being on a label and not getting the push they deserve uh i'll call them out victory records you know stealing royalties from bands back in the day like yeah, there's just so much of that shit you have to worry about, too. And so on one hand, you're right. It does at least being DIY. I'm in control of my own destiny. Right. Yeah. A label has a checkbook, which is fucking great, but yeah. it's also not free money. So, you know, there is definitely a trade off. And I think the thing is, too, for kind of what you're saying, as far as. Um, you know, need needing slash wanting more availability to knock these songs out and stuff not to harp on you being on the island but you're on an island right like it's hard (laughs) if if you were in the states it's like shit could i quit my job and and do regional runs or you know even country tours or whatever and like actually make a, a decent living a little faster so you know i hate to say that it puts you behind the curve a little bit but location does matter. It does. And to be honest, that's one thing that we're, well, I mean, me personally, I'm always thinking, you know, should we just pack up and and head over to the States? Because um, like I'll, I, I, our biggest streaming comes from the States. Like um, I feel like that's probably where we've got the biggest fan base, um, funny enough. So we're always getting messages like come to the States. It's like, I wish because you hear stories and and I'm pretty sure this is unless I've like remembered it incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure asking Alexandria did that, right? They just yes. like were like, you know what? Let's go live in car parks. And it's like to me, it's like to do something like that and just have that kind of faith that you're gonna make it happen. And, you know, say what you want. I know some people don't like the US or whatever it is, but still the land of opportunity, man. It is still the place that you go to, you know to make it like that's that's just the truth right yeah um so yeah i'm always i'm always conflicted i always feel like you know wake up some mornings i'm like man we should just send it like we should just sell everything and move um yeah so maybe one day and and you know unfortunately america hasn't made it easy for you guys right so uh jake and i talked about this when i had him on jake from between you and me and Emmy and I talked about it as well. 
just to get the band over here. So uh, between you and me is on a tour just to get the band over here not counting any of their travel or that shit is roughly 10 to twelve thousand dollars american to get all the the visas and all that shit for that and it's like that's what people don't realize it's not like oh they just don't want to come over here it's that it's so fucking expensive to do it that i can't come over there just on a whim and be like hey you know we're allowed me a month or two off so let's go do a two-month tour okay but it's ten thousand dollars for me to get there fuck yeah it's it's wild and like if you stuff up as well like um there was a, a while back i had a story of one um one of the one of the guys who makes like um disney mixes of like songs pogo and he worked on the wrong visa and they they barred him for like seven years it's like that's yeah. it man you're not coming back um and it was just like a, a stuff up on on their behalf so um which is crazy right because yeah you know the way that it's made out is that it's super easy to get into the us or that's i don't know that seems to be the the thing that most people think but yeah if you want to work over in the states i think it's very much like a thing of um you know they've got a lot of loopholes to jump through like a lot of paperwork to fill out and um yeah I, I haven't even looked into it yet because yeah, when I chatted to Stevie about it, he's like, yeah, it'll be like 10 grand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, yep. 10 grand per member. So what's that 50 grand just to get over there? Yeah. And um, that's, uh, I forget the exact dollar amount. Emmy told me, I think it was like 16 grand for, for them to get the band to the U S and that's why they haven't done it yet. Far out. Okay. Well, that's what it, yeah. Yeah. A couple of grand, a couple of grand each member then. Right. So yeah. four grand something. Yeah, that's all to yeah take off the top straight away, right? So. And then come over and hope that you sell tickets, hope that you sell merch, hope that the van doesn't break down, like that your gear doesn't get stolen. Like there's so much risk in it as well. Um, obviously, we're not trying to downplay it. Like it's going to happen for you at some point. It has to, um, so that I can see you guys live anyway. Uh, but I joked with Emmy about that too that. Honestly, at this point, it's probably easier for me to just renew my passport and fly to Australia or like the UK and see you guys on a tour somewhere else rather than wait for you to get to the States. Yeah, like that's crazy. Um, I think we just got to just move there, to be honest. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it is like you said, it's still considered the land of opportunity. And I do think that there is a lot of opportunity the music industry is such a weird place now though, that, you know, it's, it's trying to navigate that and figure out like, does it make sense to move as a musician for the potential opportunity of tours or, you know, where's the balance, right? Yeah, definitely. There's a bit of safety, obviously living it, you know, in your home country, you can try to get things up to a certain point before you, uh, take the shot so yeah um, yeah that's probably where we're at at the moment yeah for sure and i i think you're you're doing well um you mentioned pushing up daisies i wanted to talk about that because you guys just dropped that um what was that like uh little just over a month ago yeah yeah so um it's seeing really solid you know streaming numbers coming through 
what's it like, you know, you touched on it, but what's it like holding back? You know, you've got these songs that are two, three, four years old now, and you're going, man, I just want to be able to put the new stuff out. Cause it almost as proud of this as you are, I'm sure it almost feels like you've outgrown this song at this point too. Right. Yeah. Um, you pretty much nailed it. Right. So we've actually already gone in with Stevie early this year and did three more songs. Um, and now like obviously we're kind of with those songs and that's where the sound's going so these songs pushing up daisies and then um there are two more off ep number two that we're releasing um this year um you know we're not entirely outgrown by them but we've we've yeah we've moved on a little bit from them um it's it is hard to hold off on them but um as like an indie band um there's so much that goes into the release and what we want to do and what we can do is kind of like we're, we're always on that, on that, on that, uh, you know, walking that fine line. We wanted to do a music video for pushing up daisies, but the timing just didn't work out because we were like, we would have had to do it this coming weekend or next weekend as the only time we could get. And then we're going on tour. So we would have had to shoot it all, get the, uh, get our mate to um do all the edits and everything and then release it and it's like well you know maybe we're gonna have to hold off and do we're gonna do a, a big music video for the next one right um but man it just eats up so much of your time um it's yeah we i've listened to the songs because we write songs that we obviously enjoy listening to right. as well so I don't know. I know there's a lot of bands out there that don't like their own songs, but I think we're trying to plug the gap with what we think is missing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've had these songs like a ton. Um, it's interesting to see people's reaction to them and to see the feedback. And you know, so far so good. Um, and yeah, it's just we're really keen now <laughs> to release the stuff we've got right now because we're like. Hey, we've got like a good, like a wild guitar solo in one of them. Hey, we've got that same song is pretty much like a almost a pop song. Like it's um, it's a strange thing that we've done with these new ones as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that that shows too. Kind of Jake and I kind of talked about that with them writing. Never mind, you know, pushing the boundaries of what pop punk is because the pop punk community as far as listeners and whatnot listen to such a wide soundscape anyway so it's like i don't have to pigeonhole myself into as much as i love the wonder years i don't have to write the wonder years record right like yeah. there's so much opportunity here i don't have to be newfound glory i don't have to be yellow card like i can do things that kind of sound like that or maybe that are influenced by that but we can go out and do this random fucking guitar solo and in double time hammers and taps and like okay i don't know what the fuck that was but let's go with it you know yeah it's just if the song suits it like we just get ideas or you know and we've all got we've all got um you know kind of skills that that we each bring to the table right so it's like sometimes you can like you know lean on those and the song will be something that kind of you know showcases that a little bit more or you know maybe someone in the band like i've been annoying the guys for ages i'm like let's do like a like a not a pop song but it's kind of like an amorosa song you know new new yeah. amorosa 
Yeah. That that cautious album, like that the one that Peach Club. Yep. Damn. Um, so we've always loved like the 80s kind of synth style and stuff like that. So um I think that that's what sparked our interest for like some of the new ones. I was like, we need to do a song like this. Like, what would we do it like? What was what's our take on it? Yeah. And um, and yeah, that's kind of what we, we don't we don't want to we don't want to be a band that just does straight up pop punk. Um, we've we've spoken about doing when we when we get to a point where we're doing albums, actually branching off and dropping EPs almost in different genres, mm-hmm. like just going, hey, here's this thing that we did. It's a fully synth based or something like that. It's just synth. It's just synth and I don't know. For example, me singing and like a little bit of guitar, right? But then we just leave that and then go back to doing what we're doing album wise, and right. yeah, it's just because like the drummer in our band is also just hitting me up. He's like, we should just do a country album as well. Like just as something <laughs> different. <laughs> we're we're just like excited to get around anything. So, um, and there's no. There's no bad genres. There's, you know, there's only bad songs, right? So right. every genre has got, got good songs in it. And it's about figuring out what makes those songs good um, and seeing if you'd be able to do something like that or what your take would be. Yeah. And I think, too, the what comes to mind to me for doing some of those, you know, quote unquote, odd genre EPs um that maybe aren't your mainstream album path it also opens the door for potential tours right because now you've got all this other stuff and people are like "Eh, you know i wouldn't have thought about them being on tour with amorosa or whoever but that ep fucking killed it like they can obviously appeal so let's do that yeah exactly um and it's just about it's just about pushing your own limits like you don't want to be you don't want to be safe or else if you're trying to be safe with music, you just, it's going to, it's going to get generic, right? So you have to be just con- constantly pushing the boundaries of what you can, what you can achieve. And and that's something that we've done. Like I know myself personally um, with stay, for example, that, that note in the, in the chorus, like when, when Stevie was like, he's like, are you going to, are you going to do that? Like, are we going to, we're going to do that. He's like, that's super <laughs> high. It's like, I can do it. It's like, um, yeah, I could do it in studio um, at the time, but right. getting getting to that level where I can do it live has been a process. It's like I had to go away and go, yeah, I've, I've got to start nailing. Like it's like an E flat five or something in full voice. So it's not yeah. it's not up in, in falsetto. Um, and I'm only now really mastering it where we played it live a couple of times and it's like I'm getting there and I was just kind of like, kind of missing the note a bit but then like getting it and it's like all right now we just played on the weekend it was the first time i'm like just naturally getting to it right so it's like that's pushed my skill level and it's it's forced me to do better and to be better um even with pushing up daisies that was just like that's such a full-on song to sing it just doesn't stop so i had to learn really like i had to really control my breath to make sure that i'm not overexpending or else man, I get to the last chorus and I'm just like, I can't, I got nothing left. I need to breathe. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. Wind yourself out on it. And it's like, Oh, Oh shit. Like there's still four lines to go. What do I do? Like, (laughs) yeah. And I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm like a bit of a purist with it. 
I I know that like crowd interaction is cool and everything, but as a vocalist, if I go to a show, I want to see and hear the vocalist sing the song, especially if it's like the cool parts of the song. It's like, don't make the crowd sing it. You sing it. Like it's, to me, it's yeah. a little bit of a cop out. So I hate, I hate doing that myself. I have to like skip a line or something. I'm just like, I'm dead inside right now. It's like, I might not look it, but if I'm skipping a line, I'm just like, not, not happy with myself at all. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, as much as I love uh, Dayseeker, I've noticed on TikTok, they've been doing a lot of their videos and Rory's been doing that a lot where, you know, especially in um, like sleep talking and without you or without me, um, he's hitting, hitting his last note and then he's just leaving it up to the crowd to finish the line. And it's like, I mean, I get it. It's a popular song, like whatever. But at the same time, like, bro, I came here to hear you sing it. Like, exactly. this is what I want, you know? Exactly. And look, um, Brendan Urie is a great example of someone yes. who actually sings. Like, it's like, he's, he's the person that I look at that it's like, right, you can, you can do it. And like, dude, backflips on stage and, and stuff as well. It's like, he's, he's got a, a very good mastery of like his instrument and breath control. Um, I don't, I don't think everyone like obviously there are people out there that it's much more about the performance and that's their, that's what they bring to right. it and they sing. Right. So it's kind of like both, right. They just kind of like, it's more performance based, man. I just love singing as like an art. So it's like, you know, I've, I've gone to vocal. I've only recently stopped going to a vocal, um, vocal teacher, but I've been going for like seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, and being like, you know, trained in it just cause I love it. And I want to be able to do it like easy you know what i mean i don't want it to be or else i'd probably get anxious that's why i don't get right. people like they're like do you get nervous like no i don't get nervous because i'm like i'm really prepared like super prepared like dumb prepared like you know um and i think that well hopefully because we practice like crazy as well um hopefully it shows in our in our live shows that we're just able to focus on performing and we just know that the instrumentation is going to kind of just happen because it's like at this point it's like we've played these songs like a million times let's you know <laughs> right it's almost yeah. muscle memory at that point and exactly. it's funny i've i've had people say the same thing to me about the podcast they're like do you ever get nervous about the people that you're talking to or you know blah blah and i'm like not really especially a i've been doing music journalism for 20 fucking years now so no yeah. but like even before you know, part of it was just a, I've convinced myself and it's a hundred percent a fact, but I've just trained my mind to, to not think of, Oh, I'm talking to, to Reese. He's this, he's this pop punk guy, you know, like, no, I'm talking to Reese. He's a dude. Like, yeah. that's it. Everybody's a fucking human being. And number two is I'm a classic overthinker. So like you're talking about over-preparing I've thought of every possible fucking wrong way that this thing could happen. So I've prepared for like, Ooh, I fucked up a question or ah, they didn't like, you know, like I can yeah. rebound and adjust. Yeah. And look, it's, it's something that like, you know, being an overthinker does suck on one hand at times, but yeah, like if you use it and utilize it, you end up being, as you said, more comfortable, I think. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's a weird superpower. Like if you, if you learn how to yeah. do it the right way, it helps you prepare. But if you lose control with it, it's a fucking monster. 
definitely need to. I got back into like reading because I realized like reading's like the perfect thing for like the overthinking because you got to focus on the book and it's like something that's just like relax because we're yeah. just like always going. It's like you're either working or you're doing band stuff. Like last, the reason why I woke up late this morning because last night I'm shooting the video for the the pop punk cover that we're dropping this week. We're just doing like the little reels. Um, and um, yeah, it was literally just like work, go to the gym, eat food, uh shoot this video edit the video and then it's like you know 10 30 at night i'm like just need something to just chill you know so reading books hungry 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 caterpillar that's the way to go (laughs) (laughs) for sure um so as uh you kind of mentioned you're going on tour soon so let's touch on that real quick because i believe if i'm mapping this out correctly as i look at the calendar right here uh this will be going live on U.S. May the 17th, so May the 18th for you guys, um, and that looks like it'll be right before you guys kick off over in uh, at the basement on this little run that you're doing uh, with Down and Out. Yeah, so um, we're doing, this is the biggest tour we've done so far, so we're getting out to, um, like if you're in, in Australia, we're kind of like New South Wales is, is kind of in the middle of the East Coast kind of thing, and then there's like Victoria, you've got Brisbane. Um, so we, we're playing Melbourne, we're playing Canberra. We've played Canberra before, but going back there again, um, playing Brisbane. So we're actually getting to like most of the, of the major cities. We just played over in South Australia at like Barossa, Barossa Valley, about an hour outside Mm -hmm. of the capital city, which was cool. Um, and yeah, we're taking, um, taking our mates, uh, down and out along for the ride. So, um, yeah, they're 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 all right. They're all right. We're just yeah, we're doing them a favor by by letting them come along. So yeah, gotta um, gotta work with what you got, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's not many to pick from here. No. <laughs> um, yeah, we're stoked. Um, like tickets are selling well. So, um, and we've just got a bunch of people that, you know, are actually keen to sit. It's wild for us, right? Because like we've had a couple of people hit us up and they're like, yeah, we've like booked hotels and like we're coming out and they're actually traveling to see us in like Brisbane. And we're like, cool. Like, it's like, you guys just realize that we're just like a crappy little pop punk band, right? And we're like, we don't, we don't say that to them. We're like, this is wild. Like people actually care enough to to come out and see us. Um, So yeah, we're keen as for that. Um, And then haven't, haven't said anything about it, but we'll have announced it already. But um we're doing dropping like another full-length pop punk cover so that'll come out just after we get off tour so just feeding the beast feed the content with uh <laughs> with as much as we can um yeah. yeah man um it's definitely something we're just building on we're just hoping that we can snag a couple more supports i guess through the end of this year um and leading up into the release of our ep we're doing a massive music video for for the next song um so i'm like feverishly trying to get certain aussie celebrities to uh <laughs> to get on board um so we'll see what comes of that because I'm, I'm hoping that we can we can get a couple i've got a, good, a couple of good ideas but um really gonna have to see how good my uh networking skills are <laughs> yeah for sure and you know i i talked to uh emma from the atomic bow project the other day and she was talking about like some of the grants that they've gotten and stuff like that to do their music videos, because, you know, not saying that you guys are using grants or anything either, but like 
the average listener doesn't understand, especially for a DIY artist, a music video is a shitload of money to put together. Massive outlays. So like, um, yeah, with the, um, with the yeah, nah music video we did that like set us back like six grand, like, um, and that was with people, you know, obviously we work with people that are trying to help us out. So, I mean, <laughs> if they, if they had full priced it, it would have been like 10 grand easy. Um, and then like, if you put that kind of money into it, you kind of want to put a bit of budget to marketing. So it's like, right. um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a full on thing. You have to, you have to really think about, well, what are we going to get out of this by, by doing it? Um, I have to look into, into the grants and stuff like that, because if someone's going to give you free money, you should really, um, you should really say yes. <laughs> I would, I would say hit up Emma, uh, if you're not connected with her, Emmy knows her really well. So, uh, work with them yeah, because- Emma, I think she said that they just got approved for their the next music video. They got a grant approved for it as well. So, um, awesome. you know, definitely some potential, even if it's, you know, even if it's small, if it helps for the cost of, you know, the Anything. rental of cameras for the shoot, like, okay, cool. It's something. Yeah, exactly. So definitely something we need to look into. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the thing I've been doing recently to uh, kind of transition us to the wrap-ups is I bought this game called Hot Takes. Uh, yep. And that's just like controversial, quote-unquote, uh, kind of like Cards Against Humanity, just shitty opinions and stuff like that. Uh, so I've got two of them that I'm going to ask you, and I, I like the first one because Australia is known for their fucking insane wild animals. So this yep. one is... <laughs> a grizzly bear would win a, in a fight against a gorilla. Have you seen gorillas? <laughs> that those was my thought. <laughs> those things don't give a shit, man. They're just like, they're freaks. There's no yeah. way. Gorilla wins 100% of the time, all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like, gorillas can pick up a fucking car. All right? Like, exactly. No, there's no way. A bear, if it gets within reach of the fucking gorilla, but you want it's to done. see it, right? So, like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't like, right? So, can we pick like two asshole, like, like an asshole gorilla and an asshole grizzly bear? So, because we don't want to do like any animal cruelty or, right. or stuff like that, right? You want like two dicks, like from the, it's like they kind of deserve it. Just drop them in like a battle arena, right? right. And just, like, <laughs> just give them, just force them to attack each other. Mostly because I just kind of want to say it. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's going to be mayhem. There's no way that it's not just insane. And we uh, all know that um, it's the hippopotamus that wins in the end. And I don't know why more people are not scared of hippopotamus. Like, I don't oh, know how they. They're they're so cute. Like that dude will bite through the fucking hull of a ship. They don't give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> These things are freaks. So yeah. I didn't know that. And yeah. and they can they can hold their fucking breath. Like they take in a breath and then they walk across the bottom of lakes. They don't goddamn swim. They walk across the bottom of a lake. That's such a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blowing. Uh, the second one I've got for you is that Santa's North Pole is just a glorified sweatshop. Well, yeah, like I've. <laughs> Every single time, it's like, you know that when the cameras are off, it's like straight back to like, yeah, like Soviet Russia style, right. like whipping kind of thing of the elves. I mean, that dude's, yeah, that that is some straight up child labor right there. Yeah, That's, Especially uh, as technology's advanced, right? Like 
and the population's grown so massively. There's no way that it's not just the most grueling possible bullshit ever. Yeah, and like you imagine the profit margins that Santa's making off that. He works like one day a fucking year. Like it's like one (laughs) one night. Like what? So like, you know, we'll give him a little bit more than that. Maybe like 48 hours because of like time. Yeah, he has to to make that list and check it twice. But, you know, fuck that. Yeah, like that's just, yeah. No, no, it is definitely child labor. And he's got the easiest position, right? Like as Santa... I have to make a list, check it twice, and then ride in a sleigh to drop off toys. Exactly. I think I'd like it more if it turned out that Santa was Tim Allen, though. Like, that would be funny. That would actually be funny. (laughs) Imagine, like, you're just, like, it's just uh, Christmas (laughs) Christmas Eve, and you just hear, like, just (laughs) outside. It's like, is that Santa Claus? <laughs> no, it's just Tim <laughs> Allen. It's just Tim Allen. He does this every year. <laughs> we, we've not been able to, like, break it to him. He's got dementia. Like, Yeah, we've, we've locked everything there. He's just, like, crawls in through the roof, and he just sits in there and just goes, uh-huh, all night. Um, that's, that's my worst nightmare. But yeah. also my biggest dream. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is nightmare fuel on one hand because you know, like, you wouldn't hear him until you heard the grunt and you'd be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so that's pretty much everything I've got for you. Obviously I'll link all the socials and everything, but what's the best place to, to find you guys best way to interact, things like that. Uh, I think we're probably most active on Instagram, which is just Instagram.com forward slash. So, so punk. So it's P U N X. And that was because, someone had the so-so handle. So it's so-so punks, but um, we also got our website, which has like all the links to everything. So that's www.sosopunks.com. Again, P-U-N-X. So um, yeah. And I think if you just Google it, I think we've actually got pretty good like coverage. So I'm sure if you just Google so-so pop punk or something, if you're stuck, you'll find us. We're on TikTok as well. We do our dumber videos on TikTok. So it's always a good spot to go to as well. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, uh, you know, again, time traveling. So getting up early to, to do this and have this conversation, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm, I really think, you know, not blowing smoke up your ass. Like I said before, I think you're at the, the point where you're starting to crack that egg and it's just, you're right there and it's about to break open. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having us on. Like, um, it's just awesome that, you know, people even give a shit to take the time to talk to us. So we really do appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll keep you posted on all this. And like I said, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, you know, we'll stay connected for sure. Awesome. Sounds good, mate. Chat soon. Awesome. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Reese of the band So So. Really hope you guys enjoyed that one. Had a great time talking with him. Um, want you guys to, you know, go check the band out. Be sure that you follow them on socials. As always, I'll have all that stuff linked in the description of this podcast. Um, and yeah, you know, show these guys some love. And um, I think maybe you're going to find one of your new favorite bands. Even if it's one of those bands that, you know fits into a specific need in your playlist or a specific, uh, you know, mood that you're in when you listen to them. These guys have some incredible fucking songs. And I really think that, 
they're going to fit into to your Spotify or Apple library or wherever you stream music. They're going to fit into that library pretty well. Um, again, huge shout out to Reese for taking the time, linking up with me on this. Uh, the time zone differences are crazy when we're working with Australian artists, uh, which if you look back even over the course of the life of this podcast, but especially over the last month or two, we've done a lot with the Australian music scene. Uh, I think it's criminally underrated and it's not, you know, for some reason not getting the the spotlight that it fully deserves uh, and it's really starting to blossom uh, and there's some really, really cool breakout artists down there. So be sure that you check out that. Um, check our podcast for those interviews. I'll probably make a post about them at some point because it has been quite a few of them. Um, but no, I, I think that, you know, this is, a, again, a band that's going to fit into virtually anybody's playlists and uh, mood collections, vibe collections, whatever you've got. Uh, and I'm really excited for you to check them out. Other than that, uh, obviously, please go follow the podcast on whatever streaming service you're on. Subscribe to it. Make sure you're being notified of new episodes. Um, give us a like, share, subscribe on Instagram and Facebook as well. Those are the best two places to keep up with what's new. Uh, you can jump over to our YouTube channel. That fell off for a little bit, but we are starting to put um, the videos for these podcasts up as well for these conversations. Um, so you, if you are much more of a, I want to watch these people talk versus just hear them, those are going up as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for everything that you do. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to bringing you just all kinds of cool stuff i have a lot of stuff in the pipeline uh, a lot of cool artists things like that so um very very excited for the the next few weeks but well beyond that even um with this podcast and and you guys so as always guys remember take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene